You're listening to The Running Public. From marathoners to mudrunners, we all have the same goal. Get to the finish line faster. That's right. This podcast is for you guys, the running public. This is the Running Public's Training Tuesday. Training Tuesday is where we talk about training only. One topic, we dive deep, we explore it completely. It's training, it's Tuesday. Training Tuesday. I've been looking at a – I think I told you this already. A couple – one in the fall, one in the spring, uh, a local FKT to go out after. Mm-hmm. And one of them is very technical. It's 26 miles, probably only – I shouldn't say only, but like 4,000 feet of vert, but very technical rocky running. And so I researched, talked to some people, decided the best approximation of that course was a certain section of the Ice Age Trail – about a 48, 50-minute drive from me. Okay. So I decided I was going to go out and do 16 miles of that on Sunday morning. So I prepped everything the night before. I treated this like a race, Kirk. Okay. I prepped my bottles. I got my pack ready. I I put together everything that I would carry with me and run in for the four-hour event and was going to do like a two, two two-and-a-half-hour version, probably two-and-a-half. And so uh, I got up out of bed. My alarm went off because I wanted to start early. I wanted to start – be there at the, the moment that the trails lit up. And I got up, went to the bathroom, and I just couldn't open my eyes. It's like, this is dumb. What am I even doing? I don't want to do this. And I went and I got back in bed and I laid down. What do you mean you couldn't open your eyes? What does that mean? Like My eyes were so, like, bleary. I, they just burned. They were crusted over. Like, I just – I was the most tired I've ever been in my entire life right there on that moment. On Sunday morning. And I got I turned my alarm off and got back into bed. Bleary. I don't think bleary is a word. I don't know. But that's uh I mean, normally you're one to push through. In fact, you pride yourself on like not getting a lot of sleep before a big event so you can prep for race stakes. Yep. It'll always be that way. You always push through. You didn't force a little per- coffee or performalite down the hatch or fight milk and just got to it, trusted you'd wake up. I got off the toilet, walked right back in the bed, and cuddled up in the warmth. Two minutes later, sat up, walked downstairs. Damn you. You put my pack on. You button hooked me. Grabbed the backpack. Button hooked me with this story. Oh, just you wait. Got in the car, and I blasted off down there. Got there. I had a schedule. Stopped at a quick trip. Got a poop out. Got to the trailhead. It was still dark. And so I just waited. Waited like 15 minutes. Scrolled through my phone. Got my playlist already. Uh, started, sun started to come up just enough. I walked over, there was a portage on there, used it, came back in, popped my sweats off, started to get dressed. No shoes. <laughs> I had driven there in flip-flops. I had been so determined to just go downstairs, grab my pack and go that I had walked right past the shoes I had laid out next to the door so that I wouldn't forget them. Whoops. I drove an hour and 40 minutes to use a portage on. <laughs> 50 minutes out, 50 minutes back. (laughs) Uh, And then my window was gone. I didn't have enough time to get back there and do it again, so I did not run the trail. I went out on the bike path instead and ran some mile repeats. Uh, You know, you do that once and you just leave an old pair of shoes in your vehicle just in case. I've done that once. And then for the next year, I I kept a backup pair in there just in case. 
And I only had a 20-minute drive to go back and get my shoes and then return to the trail, and that seemed arduous enough. Oh, That is exactly what Tim Lambiris said, too. He's like, it's times like that. I He said, I always used to, and then I stopped. And every time you stop, one week, within a week, you need it. And I used to keep an entire bag. Bag. There it is. <laughs> I got to use a different term. An entire duffel <laughs> with per season. So in winter, I'd throw some tights, a long sleeve, and a pair of shoes in there and some wool socks. And then in summer, I just put a pair of shorts, ankle socks, and a pair of trail shoes. I used to keep that. For years, I did that. And I don't do it anymore. And it bit me. To the point where I sat there for a few minutes trying to think if I could finagle a way to run this in my flip-flops <laughs> and do a shortened version. Because I was so frustrated to just leave empty-handed. Well, I guess what I really am curious about now is how the mile repeats went when you got all the way back home. Your caffeine was mistimed. You were frustrated. Oh. Terrible. Well, I had taken half my caffeine. I was going to take the other half at the turnaround. So on the drive home, when I got 30 minutes away... I chugged that down. I was like, I am not wasting this moment. And I got right into it. And I was going to run goal marathon pace on 60 seconds rest until failure. Just get a long, big workout in. How many did you get? And in the middle of the fourth rep, I stopped because I was having uh, a pain in my quad spot that I was worried about. And Lisa came and picked me up after I walked for a mile and a half. And she took me home. What a mess. It was just a train wreck of a workout weekend. What a mess. Absolute mess. Hmm. Sometimes that happens. And I bet you half the people listening have forgotten their shoes somewhere when they really needed them. So that's relatable. I've only done it once. I've also driven back 45 minutes for my heart rate monitor I forgot once. When I went down to Afton, I was like, I mm -hmm. cannot do this run without my heart rate monitor, which was an hour and a half extra driving, 45 minutes really? each way. Still did it. I was like, I need this for today. Wow. Just over a heart rate monitor. Hmm. So Lisa picked me up. It was, of course, it starts raining. So I'm just walking, like slumped over, like this poor drowned rat. She picks me up and she said, so how frustrated are you right now? <laughs> like a nine, like a solid nine. Is it actually funny yet? Or are you really forcing it to be funny and smiley about? Because you're, you're less than, a, you're 24 hours removed. I went home. I took a 30 minute nap and I restarted my day. Worked hard reset. And that was enough. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to I tell you other than believe. whoops, whoops. Yep. What uh, what FK, what FKT are you shooting for, by the way? Or is this too close to the chest? No, it doesn't matter. It's it's not an important one. It's just I, it's a type of trail I would want to run anyway. But it's so far away, I've never considered doing it. And then Tim told me that there's an FKT for it, and it's like, well, that's the carrot right there. So Porcupine Mountains. Oh yeah, it's in the UP. Cool. I've heard good things about that. They can be pretty technical too, kind of like some of the mountains we have out east eastern united states yeah wet technical junky right yeah not very heavily not real, traveled not, not heavily traveled up there like bluff country yeah but nonetheless punchy wet yeah very wet yep very rocky all right sweet when when are you gonna do that and they have a campground there perfect well i don't know it depends what's going on with my quad if it was just i had run four times on pavement that week which was a huge uptick for me yeah and so if it was just residual soreness but it was only in one spot so I just pulled it. So we'll see what today feels like. And then I was going to try to hit it. The campground closes uh, October 30th. So if you want to camp and do it, which is the most convenient, mm -hmm. then it's got to happen before then. All my favorite campgrounds. Once you start running into several feet of snow up there. Mm -hmm. and Look out for deer hunters. All my favorite campgrounds uh, close the 30th of October too. It drives me nuts because I camp through November 
with my deer hunting and it always drives me nuts because then you can only go and stay at like the big industrial campgrounds that are like next to a manufacturing building where people like live half the like year round you know it's like those are the only ones available to you and those get a little weird like they have a shuttle to the casino weird three times a day sort of campground (laughs) so it always is a bummer like when it turns november 1st and it's like the nice quaint beautiful campgrounds say no and you got to go to the turtle lake rv park where you can go to the casino it's not ideal bracken i feel for you get it done you can tent camp still if you want Mm. but i don't want to um okay let's should we get to business today business yeah straight to it nine minute intro let's roll all right right to the point here uh hope your quad's okay by the way um bracken's idea i shouldn't be introing it but you can only have one what is the if you could have one pair of road shoes what would we pick if you could have one pair of racing shoes if you could have one running hat anything you can only have one what do we think is the best and what should you spend your hard-earned money on and we're going to try not to over-explain, Bracken, only mm-hmm. for the sake of time, which we need to work on. But let us we won't give away all the whys. I'm not maybe. committing to anything. Well, you have to commit to this. So uh, that's what you're getting today. You can only have one. What should you get? Yeah. So whether you're just like getting a stipend from work for training apparel, whether your significant other is like, you know what? Give you a hall pass for sh- online shopping. Or if you're a new runner or anything, that we're just going to build out the entire dream kit of all you would need to get going. You ready to rock? Yeah, the dream really is the hall pass and all things in life. So let's give everybody a hall pass. Shoes only for me, Kirk. Shoes uh-huh. All right. Daily road trainer. Aerobic miles, easy runs, recovery runs. What are you picking? Not quality work. Just daily trainer, logging the miles. Here's the thing. I'm going to give you the same answer, I think, for the next question, too. And I'm just, it's the Nike Alpha Fly. You're allowed to. Saves my legs, feels efficient. Uh, I don't even need to, I can have one shoe for many, many jobs. How, how often do you have a shoe that can save your legs and allow you to run your fastest? Like they don't typically go hand in hand, but in this shoe it does. So it's perfect for recovery. It's perfect for tempo threshold. I'm going Nike Alpha Fly. What about you? Mine is similar, but it can't do both the perfect. So up until this week, I would have said the New Balance RC Elite 2. It is a carbon plated super foam shoe, but it is not aggressive. It's just high stack, high squishy foam that is just delightful to, to just move in and it saves my legs. I like it a lot. You can also run up tempo in it, but it wouldn't be my fastest shoe. But I have a brand new shoe in my rotation, Kirk. That was the shoe when we got together, you did a long run in, right? Our long run together, you ran in that shoe. Correct. Okay. Yeah, you see, it's a good looking shoe too. All right, continue. Yeah, it's pretty and it's soft, but it has a bit of a rocker to it. It's like everything I would ever want. However, I'm testing out a new shoe right now, the New Balance SC Trainer. SC stands for Super Comp. It's huge stack. It's it's basically the trainer version of the new RC Elite, which would be the three, but it's big stack, a nice rocker, a bit of a transition in it. It's like a tame, stable Alpha Fly without the super like outrageousness. If Alpha Fly is a 10 out of 10 with squish spring launch, this is like a 8.8 or a 9. So why would you pick it? So it's heavier, it's not as fast, but it's even more cushioned. Okay, it's even more cushioned than the Alpha or the RC Elite 2. Correct. What's the price point? More cushioned than both, less less bouncy. But this is a over this is like a $185 shoe. Um it's on sale now because the 2 came out and people don't like the 2 as much. 
But so I got it for 125 and it is the ultimate leg saver for me. And the biggest difference over the Alpha Fly for me is that I can run any way I want in this shoe. Mm. I can do the forward lean bounce spring forward in it, but I can also just shuffle or jog and it feels totally normal. Where the Alpha, I'm running one way and one way only. Which is what? Just boing. <laughs> lean forward and bounce stride to stride. You make a good point there. Uh, a non-Alpha shoe, I can shuffle if I need to really go slow. I can open it up and sprint if I need to turn, mm-hmm. turn over fast. The Alpha sort of puts me right into like an efficient quick tempo like the tempo version of a recovery run or the tempo version of mile repeats it's a really good shoe i run fast in it but you are correct it sort of elicits one stride it's a good point i never thought about that the other thing as you're talking and we're going to move along quickly today is i think back to college when we talked about shoes it was like you had like four options like are you running in like like this shoe or that shoe and now you say these shoe names the rc and the nimbus or the cumulus yeah are you running in the pegasus or the brooks beast it's like there were the vomero and now it's like the rc elite 2 version 1 with the less stack height than the version it's like what the heck we have so many options so you're really a good guy for this because that shoe's not on my radar point being Mm. I thought of you the whole time I was running in it. I thought Kirk would like this shoe. If you run like a rhino, you want a lot of cushion under those feet, folks. Cushion for the run pushing. All right. The only other thing, if I went non-super, I really like the Skechers Max Road. I like that shoe a lot. That, that was in contention. But if I can have more super shoe and stack and not pay for it, I'm taking it. I'm just going to leave it right at my original answer. Keep it simple. Yep. All right. We'll go right into long race shoe. Okay. That we're talking five slash ten k or above. What are you choosing? Uh, Nike Alpha Fly yet again for five k and above. Um, I wish I was giving you more of an answer, but you know we debated about super shoes. Remember, we even had an episode at like the ethics of super shoes, and you were like, "I'm not wearing them," and I was like, "I'm not wearing mm-hmm. them." And then I just started to chase times, and beyond chasing times, the amount it saves my legs as I age is really what brings me back to it constantly. I can go run an eight-mile tempo and not feel broken the next day, whereas if I ran in the original Endorphin Pros, let's say, by Saucony, great shoe, I'd be pretty shattered the next day due to the impact. And so just for sustainability is why I keep coming back to the Alpha Fly, just to make that clear. It's a fast shoe. There's a lot of other fast shoes comparable, but the way it saves my legs. So now I've over-explained myself, but that's my final answer. What about you? And it mine's the same. 5k and above there's just if i want to run my absolute fastest and slash or be protected it's the alpha there's still nothing that's been made that can rival it for me so this section is really short for us yeah do you think it's worth the 275 275 bucks i think it's subjective i think the way we use it as a tool to me uh maybe and i think for you yes that's how i would say it yeah i agree well you know I just blew another 275 on a pair of shoes that might not show up at my door. So that's how worth it it is to me. Rolling the dice. <laughs> that, that You are the poster child for it being worth it. You are a stress fracture frequenter, and now you're not. You know, and Jakob Ingebrigtsen, who just broke the 2K uh, world record in dominating fashion, like if he would just go run that race at the Worlds, he would have won the 1500, right? He's better than anybody else. But I saw something from him like a year and a half or two ago, and he said, I run the fastest in like his alpha flies and his vapor flies. And he said, 
The goal is to run as fast as possible, as often as possible. Why would I not run in the shoe that allows me to run as fast as possible, as often as possible? And I was like, if Jakob says it's cool, I think it's cool. So, mm-hmm. and, and to be clear to everyone listening, we're talking about the road or the track. Correct. Conversation shifts elsewhere, and we're going to get there. Bring us there. All right. Now you're going to have to choose a different one. Short distance road or track racing shoe. We're talking 5K or under. 5K, 3K, one mile road 752 meter at the john dewitt invitational phil dewitt invitational not on the track though it has to be track and road does has to do both hey whatever just we're we're talking i guess road racing but you could take it to the road if you wanted to i mean the track yeah we're not talking spikes and i can't just keep using the same answer you can i think for me I think when pacing gets below 430, 445 pace for me, there's a tip to my toes that the Nike Vaporfly gives me that another shoe does not. Like the Alpha doesn't allow that mm-hmm. that that extra gear you can't access. Um, so I would say that, but the original version, not the newer models, the uh, less stack height original Vapor, whatever model that is. And in orders of super shoes, um, I like the Alphas the most. I think the second most super shoe out there is the Saucony Endorphin Pro, in my opinion. And then the third would be the Vapor. But the Pro doesn't allow you to get on your toes quite like the Vaporfly. So I'm going to say Vaporfly. Uh, what about you? Okay. I'm going to say the Takumi Sen by Adidas. Because I can take the Alpha down to the 5K. Yeah. She's I could probably take it to a 3K if I wanted to. But for that mile distance, for the I, I, I wore it for a Road 800. It's stiff, but a little bit bouncy or springy not not like you'd expect from a nike but it just feels good and fast and i can corner in it i can take sharp turns i can get on my toes i can run midfoot it's like an old school racing flat modernized Hmm. it has the adidas carbon or or these might be glass rods in it it's got that light strike pro which i think works really well at the the lower stack that this has it's just a great racing flat you wouldn't know you're in a a super shoe, you would just think this is a phenomenal racing shoe. Are they lighter? Are they they feel like a racing shoe? You couldn't cross over as a trainer in this shoe. Uh, if you were 125 pounds, you could probably tempo in this shoe. Okay. So it's mostly for racing only. But I I don't. Got it. Yeah, this is like a, a racing flat that we grew up with, just for today's using today's technology. Locks down my foot. I love it. You know, truth be told, I haven't done a lot of experimenting like you have. I think you're a better litmus test for a lot of these shoes than I am because I find something that works and my curiosity goes down about all other shoes where like you find something that's a good fit, but like your Mm -hmm. appetite is never satiated. So you try it new shoes no matter what. So never satisfied. I, I look at your wall. So I trust you. You might want to trust Bracken. You know, I'm getting old and stuck in my ways where Bracken is still, you know, attracted to flash and glamour. And so maybe your recommendations are more tested (laughs) than mine. Um, And anytime you've recommended a shoe to me. They're personal. Anytime you've recommended a shoe to me, it's pretty much been a hit. So you haven't steered me the wrong way either. So some of these I think would be worth a shot, probably by me as well. Fantastic. All right, we're going to switch things up now. Yep. We're going to go to our true love, the trails. Mm. I don't know if it's true love, our other true love. Start from from the top. This is going to be very similar in your pattern as road. Daily trainer, but for the trails. Uh, Hoka Speed Goat 5. Has to be the 5. Can't be any previous model of Hoka. Uh, the uh, Hoka Speed Goats. The 5. Okay, I thought we were going to be exactly the same, but I'm going to differ slightly. Huh. I'm going to take Hoka Speed Goat as well. But for daily trainer and easy long runs, 
give me the four or even the come three. on how come i tr- i loved them they felt like more of a tank the foam felt thicker felt like there was more plush to it and i just liked it a lot i felt even more bulletproof in that shoe the five is fantastic and that's what i'm using currently because i've blown through my fours they're not usable anymore but i liked the four better for easy stuff and long stuff. Well, the four is fantastic. I had an issue with it being a little tight in my forefoot. And if I was feeling real spicy. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I, I couldn't quite rip like I wanted to in it. Um, so the five's lighter. They stripped it. I'm talking daily. Yeah, No, I know. I know. But sometimes those daily runs, you get the wild hair okay. and you want to go. But we're close. <sighs> well, I will leave the wild hair up to you. Either way, we both choose Speed Goat on easy days. Move in, same direction. Long races. Well, hold Let's on. Call... Can I stop oh, you? Yeah? Did you have any um, like uh, honorable mentions there since we only gave the people like one shoe option? I can stick with all of Hoka. I could use the Challenger as my daily trainer. I could use the Tecton X. I could use the Mafate Speed. Um, outside of that, I really like the Catamount 2 from Brooks. I also, no, I'm going to stop there with daily training. I like maximal stack height and cushioning for my trail work. Mm. I really, really, really feel fresh doing that. So that's what I stick with. Tecton X would be my honorable mention. It's got a wider toe box than the Speed Goat 4 and mm. subsequent models, which I like. And it's a, it's a pretty cushy yep. ride. So that'd be my honorable mention. Okay. I guess I really do like the Skechers Razor Trail and I can do about anything in it, but only Tame Trail. I can't choose it for everything. I can't commit to that shoe. What's the shoe you recommended me, the Racer? The Skechers? The blue one? Yeah. Skechers Razor Trail. Yeah. That's a pretty lightweight shoe though. That's a responsive racy feel shoe. It is, but it but you can jog it. I don't know if you've tried yet, but you can just do easy work in it. I've only ripped in that shoe for a couple of trail interval sessions. That's it. I like them. It does rip. Mm-hmm. All right. Long trail race. Let's call this an hour or longer. Uh, Hoka Speed Goat 5 yet again. How about you? That's what I'm choosing. Hoka Speed Goat 5. Okay. So because it's lighter and more stripped down? Yeah, it's just a little bit lighter on foot. It has all the lockdown, I believe, of everything. I think the three had really good lockdown, but it was too narrow for most people in the toe box. So yeah, give me the five. And I, I recently got a second pair half size down and I'm immediately faster and lighter feeling in it. I like the half size up for long races. Like that's what I wore for Tennessee mile both years. That's what I wore for my 50K. But that half size down, I suddenly feel like I can corner fast. I can rip in this shoe. And it's got a lower profile, like less stack height than the Speed Goat 4 in previous models. So you feel pretty connected to the ground while still having something under your foot, which I like about that right. shoe. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'd even consider anything else for long races except maybe the Tecton X and maybe the maybe the Saucony Endorphin Edge. I haven't tried that shoe, but I'm curious about that one. How, how would you describe it? It is like the Saucony Endorphin 1 and 2. If it were slightly softer cushioning and slightly more flexible, slightly less rocker to it. It's a little more tame. Pro? Like the road shoe? Correct. Mm. Saucony Endorphin Pro 1 or 2. Yeah. If you took that, softened it slightly, lessened the rocker slightly, and added lux, which makes it intriguing. And it's a super shoe with carbon plate in it? Yeah, it's like a two-third length carbon plate. Mm. It's I think it's Carbitech, so it flexes a little one way, but not the other. It's not a fully formed super shoe yet, but th- I would consider it for certain courses, but I'd be just as happy though in that Speedgoat 5. Um, I'm a big fan of the Endorphin Pro, so I may actually have to test 
uh, that shoe out for the trail if it, there's some similarities. Okay. So I might actually, you might cost me 230 bucks or whatever that shoe costs, 200 bucks. They're under that now. Maybe like 190. You're set. Okay. You owe me. You owe me. <laughs> Deal. All right. Short trail race, clean terrain, not mucky. It might be a little technical, might have some water or mud, but it's not an OCR or a bushwhacker course. Hour or less short trail race. Hoka Evo Jaws. Oh, the Hoka Evo Jaws. Jaws. Oh. Okay. I support that decision because it's such a fantastic shoe, but it's also unobtainable. Don't they make it anymore? Nope. Uh, Fun fact. I found some last year and I have two brand new pairs sitting in boxes in my shoe closet uh, ready to go. So for me, they're very attainable. But I'm, I'm going to just, I guess that's not a good answer to give. I have one pair. I have one pair that I've only wore three times, never yet in a race. I'm saving them for that perfect day. But yes, they're unobtainable, so you need a backup choice. Is this soft terrain, hard terrain, doesn't matter? It has to cover all of them? Everything but slop. Picture a trail race. Why don't you go first? Say you're going to a Golden Trail series or something like that. For me, it's easy. I have a new love this year, the Salomon S-Lab pulsar give me the soft ground version or the non-soft ground version it just is a shoe that works with my stride it's under eight ounces it's so light but it has uh solomon's new what is it energy surge foam or whatever it is that it's not the traditional stiff dense solomon feel it's soft almost springy slight rocker to it love the shoe and i could take it up to an hour I need to do some experimenting here, but um, if we need to go up, down, it's not sloppy. I feel bulletproof in my uh, VJ Max. I also feel very fast in it, oddly enough. I get on my toes easy, Hmm. um, and I would be comfortable in very hard pack trail. You ran a 1550 road 5K in that. I ran a 1558 on the time trial on the sidewalks. In a VJ Max, I chose. If it can work yeah. for that, it can work for the trails. I just it works for my foot, and it it's very dense, but it gives me just a little bit back. So I'm gonna go with the Max, but I, I haven't done a lot of experimenting, so I don't I don't know how good of a resource I am there. Okay, and let's just go one OCR or sloppy condition, either hyper technical or hyper sloppy trail race. Go ahead. I'm either using the VJ Ultra or the Extreme 3. I don't have a better option than that. Their grip is still the best. Their tagline, best grip on the planet, is accurate, and you know the shoe's going to hold up to the demands of what you're doing. Uh, If it's sloppy, I'm going to go with the VJ Spark or the Extreme 2. The Spark. Spark for flat and fast. If it's it's flat, the Spark, uh, oh, it's such a good shoe. If there's any up and down, I think the the Extreme would be a better option. And those shoes just last forever too. Like if you want a shoe that lasts you multiple seasons, they're a good bet. They're just bulletproof. And yeah, they're an ounce heavier than some of the competitors out there, but they just last. They really do. It's the one thing they got going for them above all else is they're just bulletproof. And so I like that. Grip and durability okay now i'm gonna make you do the impossible kirk you can only own one road shoe oh wait 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 wait. i'm gonna throw something in the mix here one hybrid slash on road ocr shoe so it could be stadium race deca high rocks what's your ocr or fitness racing shoe this is on indoors we're talking indoor or outdoor like a stadium but not off-road uh right now if i had to pick it would be the endorphin pro 
Um, yeah, for me, it'd be the, I know I love it out like in pure run standpoint. I feel like it's, it's low enough to just low enough to the ground. I feel like I can move well in it. it can be a little goofy with lunges and flex toe position, but for me, that shoe would be worth it. So I'd go endorphin pro. What about you? Well, that was mine. I ran my last stadium in the endorphin pro one, and I did my race with Cali and high rocks doubles in the endorphin pro one. It's great. Um, but the ASICS meta speed sky is just made for my running. I love it. So one of those two, either the Endorphin Pro 3 now or the ASICS Metaspeed Sky. And I think I would lean Metaspeed Sky because it is the single most stable super shoe I've ever worn. Mm. It runs stairs in it, can make sharp turns in it. It does not feel tippy whatsoever. I would run a smooth trail race in this. If I had to go race the Lakeshore Path tomorrow, that's the shoe I would take. It's it defies logic to me. Mm. Yeah, it seems to be catching on more and more people you see out on course wearing that shoe so there's got to be something to it great shoe yep all right now now we can move along a little bit with the impossible question because we we always talk about in myself in particular so many shoes but now you only get one one road shoe and one trail shoe to cover all aspects of everything you only get one anytime i want a recovery run quality run race tempo intervals everything i get one shoe i get two shoes in my closet one for the trails one for the roads is that what you're telling me one for the trail one for the road it has to cover the gauntlet anything you'd want to do every race you'd ever want to run one shoe for the road one for the trail uh nike alpha fly and the speed goat five and i could run hybrid in a speed goat five so i believe speed goat five would work even for hybrid space if i had to make it work so I'm going Alpha Fly and Speed Goat 5. What are you going? I almost chose the exact same thing as you because like you, the Speed Goat 5 or 4 or 3 can, is a great daily or long run shoe on the road. We've both done it. We've both traveled with just the Speed Goat and done all of our road running and trail running in that shoe. So I could run every day in the Speed Goat and be happy. I could run a marathon in the Speed Goat. I could do tempo work in the Speed Goat. I could run a stadium in the Speed Goat 5 if I had to. I've done a high rocks in the Evo speed goat mm. and I watched a guy run a Deca in a speed goat. I could do it all in the speed goat and, but I just don't know if I would want to. So for me, it would be speed goat and a six meta speed sky because I would be more comfortable in the meta speed sky for all forms of racing that I want to do. I would lose the alpha fly specialness for long road races but I don't do those very often. Okay. So you would have to, on the roads, you'd have to run like a 15 mile long run in your meta speed sky. And that would be okay with you. You can't like switch to your speed goat five. Or my, or my speed goat. No, no. That's for the trail bracket. That's what I would do. Yeah. We'd be cheating. I think we'd be cheating because we can use it for both. I can take that, that speed goat and cover anything. And then I'd have a road racing shoe that was able for, to do hybrid as well. So meta speed sky. And I would bet if I had to, I could run a 15-mile run in the Metaspeed Sky, but I would probably pay for it a little bit. So do you think if a person listening bought a pair of the Speed Goat 5s, a pair of the Metaspeed Skies, and a pair of the Nike Alpha Flies, they took our th- all of our recommendations, they would have every tool in their toolbox they needed to feel like a badass? You'd be missing one thing, and that would be the light technical ripper on the trails. Yep. But yes, yeah, I think so. If those shoes work for your feet. Some people hate Hoka. The Alpha Fly is you love it or you hate it. Meta Speed Sky, I think, would work for a lot of people, but it's very stiff. But I think you could cover 95% of what you would need with those three shoes. I think you could cover 95% of what you need with just the, either of our two options. I agree. If you didn't care about sloppy technical terrain, 
which we've seen people win Spartan races in Speed Goats. Yep. Rebecca Hammond. She did. Oh. Yeah, I think you could get by in the minimalist, maximalist category. You'd have three maximal height shoes, and you'd be a minimalist and max price shoes. Yeah. All right, you ready to move to the next category? I really am. What do we have, 15 minutes to do this? So we we probably got to really start zipping. We're over halfway done. So now you're building out your, your running wardrobe or whatever. You can have one watch. What are you getting and why? Where should people look for a watch? Uh, I've had a number of options over the years or models. Um, I'm going the Garmin Fenix 6. Uh, price point's probably $599 new, but the battery life is 12 days fully charged. I have not charged it for a week, used it on every single run, and it's still going. Uh, so the battery life's fantastic. It has every modality you could possibly want. As far, I could track my tennis game if I cared, steps and all that stuff, right? Like it can do, and I don't play tennis, but like anything I want. And because I spend so much time in the woods, it has a navigation function, which I can pull up and see where I am on earth on my watch, even if like my phone has no service or something else fails me. So for me, navigation on that would be key in a survival situation. So I'm going Fenix six. How about you? I want to love that. And I say Phoenix, I'm going to balance you out. I don't know which one it is. So as long as you say Fenix, I'm going to say Phoenix. Fair. Um, I have it. I want to love it. It's too heavy and bulky and awkward on my wrist. I even bought the women's size to see if that would be better, but it was less about the size. It just sits in a way that I don't like. It presses on a bone in my wrist, no matter how I wear it. I don't like it. So the Forerunner, Garmin Forerunner is my number one choice. You can get the budget anything and it'll work fine. I like the cross, I mean, not the cross training, the uh, the triathlon version. It has way more of the modes. If you get the high-end one, what is it? I wrote this down. The 965. It's another 599 watch. It's essentially the Phoenix in Forerunner form. It's got your altimeter and barometer and it's got all the things you could ever ask for. But the lower version still has most of it. You still have your contact, uh, contactless payment. You've got your Spotify, anything you want on there. But Forerunner is it. But there is now a contender to it, and that's the Koros Pace 2. The Pace 1 was a great splash into the the fitness watch industry but the pace too i think can compete with anything garmin puts out so on my next watch i will be very torn between the garmin forerunner triathlon version and a coros pace two yeah i think the big thing with watches is when i bumped up to having the altimeter function i my original to that was the garmin forerunner 935 which i had and i like my fenix more so there must be a difference i like that heavy I wear my watch upside down, so it's on the bottom of my wrist instead of the top, so it's very comfortable for me. But um, especially in the Midwest, like we got to do everything we can to chase, like stack vert. And if you have a, five, a Killington coming up and it's seven thousand feet of gain, I don't know how much I've accumulated going up and down my stupid ski hill unless I have the altimeter function. So that was the biggest thing: is like a watch with an altimeter on it. I can know real time how much vert I've gained, and for me, that was a yep. game changer. Yeah. Both watches we mentioned do that. Yeah, for sure. And 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 that's why I wear my Phoenix when I want that. So the next Forerunner, because mm-hmm. I have the 735X XT, I believe, cross-training slash triathlon. Uh, it doesn't have that. The 900 version does have it. So I'll be tempted to either go that or just Koros. But it's funny that the, the 965 or whatever that is and the Phoenix are the same internals, essentially. And I would take the Forerunner version every time. And you would choose the the Phoenix version every time. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Heart rate monitor. Not everyone needs one, 
But if you want one, what do you get? Uh, well, I used to use the polar chest strap before they really had like uh, armband technology, at least readily available, and I hated it. Chest strap, hated it. Always went down my triangle trunk, stopped using them, then just did because it like, wasn't worth it. Juice wasn't worth the squeeze, stop. Uh, and then when I switched to an armband, uh, it was a game changer for me. Absolute game changer. And the first one I ever bought was the Wahoo Ticker Fit back in like 2018. And I've been rocking it ever since and have not had any qualms with it. So again, I'm more of a, if mm-hmm. it's not broke, don't fix it. So the Wahoo Ticker Fit, seventy nine ninety nine. Uh, my original has lasted me for five years now, and all I've had to change is the Velcro band. Um, a little bit of lag compared to a chest monitor, like with the arm bands, you're going to get maybe like a five second lag in your heart rate. So it seems to rise fa- slower and fall slower, but really it's just a little behind. Uh, but Wahoo ticker fit easy answer for me. What about you? Well, that would be my answer. It's my favorite single favorite product. It's the one I've used the longest, but I received a um, a MyZone pack when Callie and I won High Rocks Doubles. They were a sponsor of High Rocks at the time. And it has a little, um, what would you call it? <laughs> I can't think of what that would be. Like the actual part that houses all the electronics detaches. And you can move that from a chest strap to an arm strap to a wrist strap. And it's the only chest strap that ever stays up on me comfortably. Of all the types I've ever tried, I've tried Polar, Garmin, um, there's one other kind I've tried. I can't remember at the time right now what it is, but it's the only one that stays up and I don't have to futz with it. So even though I like the Wahoo arm strap a little more, it's a little softer and ha- has a little bit of stretch to it, which I like for doing things other than just running in case you get a little pump, it's not restricting. But the fact that I can wear the MyZone in three different places and just pop it into different straps and it stays up. I could only own one thing. That's probably what I would go with. Hmm. Do you choose to wear the chest strap function often these days? Only when I want dead bang on heart rate accuracy. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, the leg isn't there on your chest and it reads a little bit more accurately. And sometimes I use it just to confirm what my wrist or upper arm have been telling me. And from my experience with any forearm, bicep technology, even wrist, um, it if there's a lot of flexion going on, you're doing sets of pull-ups or burpees or something hybrid. Sometimes with a lot of flexion, it'll misread. It'll typically underread. Like I'll know my heart rate's at 170, but it'll say like 110 all of a sudden. It misreads with some sort of the muscle contracture, Mm -hmm. which can be the qualm with the arm strap, but it's still, I'd still pick it because of the comfortability. There's something with this. It's almost like when you're watching TV, whether it's satellite or over the air, and it gets fuzzy. And instead of trying to work back through it, it like stops and rescans. And then it'll come in clear Mm -hmm. after like five seconds of no picture. I feel like that's something about what happens in the, in the back end of these heart rate straps where when it's like, oh no, there's an issue. It stops and goes into scan mode and then confirms and then brings it back up rather than letting it be off for a little bit. It, it'll just cut out for a few seconds while it gets its stuff together. I don't know if that's at all accurate, but it feels like that. Like sometimes it just drops to 120 and I know it's not. And then I've got to wait a few seconds, then it'll come back. Yep. I think that's actually a very accurate way to describe it. All right. We're going to give people, we're going to finish. Oh, let's go headphones. People are always asking about headphones. I'll start on this one. I have a pair of headphones that are uh, Plantronic Backbeat Fit. I don't know if that company even exists anymore, but whoever they were bought by still makes the Backbeat Fit. 
It's fantastic, but I need the ear design that wraps over the back. As long as it wraps over the back, it stays. Thing Earbuds don't stay in my ear canal very well, and they work the, their way out with sweat or jostling, so I need that wraparound. My next version will be the Powerbeats Pro because it's the same exact thing, but probably more expensive. Definitely more expensive. Maybe better sound. What's the price point of the uh, headphones you just mentioned? The first ones? Uh, they're like 79 or 99 Probably 79 And then the Powerbeats are down under 200 Probably in the 130s to 150s, I would guess right now. Okay. I... Uh... I made a comment on one of our recent episodes about my Mifo Gen 2 Touch, and I really like them because the battery life mm-hmm. is, uh, it lasts for, they last forever, more than any other headphone I've ever worn. Uh, but often uh, they can just like, the touch is so sensitive, it can switch on you like songs or pause your podcast, or you can be in the middle of like a tempo run and it goes from 90s pop to like, you know, opera music. And you're like, come on, like I needed that. I needed sync to hit me just right at this time. And it just, you know, so I got frustrated with that. And they always do. They do. And I got a recommendation uh, to just go to their uh, push button model. So um, those are in route, but I have a feeling they're going to be exactly what I'm looking for. So the Mifo Gen 2 Touch, I have not found any. I've worn Bose. I've worn Jaybird Run. Especially in cold weather, they would all die on me before like around the two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour mark. Uh, these just go and go. So the version of the Mifo uh, Touch, we will, or not Touch, but the Push Button, uh, price point's r- roughly around 100 bucks, somewhere in that area. So uh, those are in route, but I don't have them yet. But I assume it will be as wonderful as the Touch without the changing on its own accord once in a while. What was your single most recommended headphone when you asked the world uh nobody gave me the same answer uh it was all over the map <laughs> okay it's not helpful but then one of my what i hear is oh go ahead uh we have like a three second delay i don't know if you have it but we're nailing this considering it's big right now yeah we have a huge like your mouth moves and then i don't hear you for three seconds so so far we've done good without talking over each other but one of my athletes andrew lorenzo mentioned uh mentioned the option of the mifo so i went with that because i knew him and it was the same headphone i was already using so hmm. i went with that but i got a lot of recommendations for the bone conducting technology uh different versions yep. but people who switch over seem to be a fan if they can get over the the strangeness or newness of it, people seem to become converts to that. So the next thing I try test out will be a Shox open run headphone. Mm. All right, sticking to gear. I think it's the last gear piece we have to talk about. Pack. Every runner needs some sort of a pack, whether it's to carry your phone, water, mandatory kit in long races. What are you rolling with and why? Um, I have recently become anti-pack and pro waist belt so uh unless it's a very steep mountain race with only ups or downs like very steep grade i can see an argument for the pack but uh i can get everything else i need i need in a waist belt and i can stop at stations if i need to fill up a water so to speak you know i can get what 32 ounces of water in a vest uh, but I can get 20 in my waist pack and that's not that much less really. And, uh, I can run fast in it. Once you get them cinched down, there's no bouncing, jostling, and I feel quick and I don't feel down all clunky. So, uh, I'm not going to give you a waist pack. I used to run in the Solomon S lab series. I still have it on rare occasion. I'll wear it, but right now I avoid it at all costs and I stick to waist pack. The Nathan peak belt has worked great for me. So I've been running that, uh, for years. So I don't know if that answers or not, but yeah, oh, it does. And I'm very much a waste pack person. I think you you either 
can handle a pack or it drives you crazy forever. And it drives me crazy forever. Um, I think most people will be happiest with a naked belt. It's if all you need to carry is your phone, keys, a little bit of fuel, a jacket or whatever, that's all most people need. It's a little tricky to size in, but as long as you follow their sizing video on their website, you're fine. Uh, it's just simple. It can't go wrong. It can't really break. Uh, my favorite ever is the Nathan Vapor Car belt, which has been replaced by the Pinnacle belt, which is not as good. It requires some modification to it to make sure things don't fall out the back, but it's the only band-based belt that I know of that also allows you to cinch it down. And I love that. But Kirk, I've recently come to the conclusion that I have a new favorite vest, and that is Usway. U-S-W-E. It's a Swedish brand, I believe. I might be saying it wrong. Usui. Usui. And they have a, a buckle enclosure or closure system on the front. They come from mountain biking. And it is the most stable vest I've ever worn. It also allows me to get my flasks in and out smoothly and easily. And yet they don't bounce. So it's, I have the Usui Pace 2 and the Pace 8. And the two is as airy and breathable as anything I've ever worn. The eight is intuitively built and has the best storage of any eight liter I've ever worn. And they both sit really well. Have you been testing it a, a good bit? Have you put it through the ringer enough? Not a good bit, but enough. I've done hill workouts in it. I've done long, sweaty treadmill sessions in it. I've taken it up and down hill on technical terrain. It's not quite as comfortable as Solomon's series. It's not as soft, but it's it sits better. So it's pick which one you want. Do you want ultimate comfort or ultimate lockdown? And it's not uncomfortable. If you had a three hour relatively flat race, would you ever choose any vest, even the most comfortable flat pancake flat? Would a vest ever be the option you choose? No, no. It so there needs to be elevation involved. I would always take belt. Yeah. It needs to be four hours or longer for me to consider a vest. I would, if it was non-OCR, I will take a belt and a handheld over a vest every single time. Yeah, we ran a long run the morning of my wedding. It was very hot, so we both carried water, and I had my Nathan Peak belt belt on. And you had what did you wear that? You had a belt as well. I forget what you were rocking. I took the naked belt because I couldn't find my Nathan belt. I just found it. It was in a suitcase. Blasphemy. So yeah, the Nathan, I had the naked belt and I had a Solomon handheld. Hmm. Worked out well for both of us. I think we ended our run dry, but we got, had enough water to make it. Mm -hmm. All right, wrapping up here, we're going to go rapid fire. One pair of shorts, one running shirt, one long sleeve, and one jacket. Just give people, if you could only have one piece in your closet, you had to run in this every single day. One short, one shirt, one long sleeve, and one jacket. Uh, virus tempo compression short. It's the one I run in okay. mostly. They're, it's pretty cheap too, 30 bucks, something like that. The Virus Tempo uh, compression short. Um, I rarely run in, let's say, split shorts. So I'll just leave those off the table for now. I have a few pairs I run in on recovery days, but they're longer. Um, anything Merino wool. Kraft makes a great variety of T-shirts and long sleeve. So Merino wool top. Um they make a thin, they make thin options. They make thicker options, but Merino wool wicks sweat wonderfully, but also keeps you warm. It's a great combination. And then, uh, we preach to no end and we, we deserve a kickback at this point from Patagonia, but the Patagonia Houdini jacket, uh, acts like a sauna suit for your upper body. You could wear it in zero degrees with one layer underneath and it covers your covers you, or you could wear it on a semi cold rainy day and it would still trap your body heat. So those are all my options. And I'll add in Swiftwick socks. 
the Elite uh, XT, I think it is. That's everything. Did I miss anything? Beautiful. I love it. I'm going to start with Swiftwick as well with socks. I didn't say sock category, but people need socks. And I use the Swiftwick Aspire. I love it. It's their thinnest sock. I've worn it for uh, a road mile, and I have wore it all the way through to the six-hour uh, ultra distance. And it's in a 50K Spartan Beast, everything in between. I don't blister in it. It dries well. It's made with olefin fibers in there, which are lighter weight when wet and dry quicker. I'm just a believer. Uh, shorts. This is a tough one for me because I run about 50-50 split shorts or short running shorts versus compression shorts. But the split shorts or running shorts don't matter to me, especially now that I cut the liners out and wear running briefs. Any short works. So I'm going to do Nike Aeroswift half tights. They're the most comfortable half tights and they have a built-in brief, which really uh, reduces the the detail of your crotch. <laughs> you don't see it in such fine detail anymore. <laughs> You're not modest, Bracken. Well, some places you need to be. Mm. So I feel more comfortable running up on strangers on the trail or the road if they cannot identify the make and model. <laughs> For t-shirts, Craft Nano Weight is just about the only t-shirt I run in anymore. I ran in that one when you and I did our long run that hot day. Mm-hmm. It is the most breathable soft light fabric i've ever run in craft nano weight they make sleeveless short sleeve long sleeve they make hat they make hat they make a running hat that's nano weight. it's fantastic it's the only short sleeve i run in anymore i bought multiple colors long sleeve i was torn i really like crafts long sleeve but i'm going to go with the tracksmith brighton base layer okay b-r-i-g-h-t-o-n i bought three for lisa blown away with it got myself one it's the best like fall winter running shirt i've ever worn it is merino it has perforated panels in it for better breathability love it and then jacket i have the patagonia houdini and it's probably the one i wear the most but my best jacket is my rab phantom rab r-a-b it's a foreign company somewhere in europe probably norway norway or sweden they seem to make the best outdoor gear and it is, I want to say, 86 grams for 20,000, 20,000 waterproof and breathability rating. 86 grams for that type of breathability is outrageous. That's like four ounces or something like that. My drug dealer math isn't identical to what it used to be, but it's close enough. I'm going to say like 86 grams, 3.6 or something like that. So it's the lightest jacket I own, and it is the most waterproof. Sold. I'm buying it all. Do it. You'd be a happy man if you did. Yep. And you're going to owe me about a thousand bucks is what I've decided. If you got just our two shoes, let's say if we did the two shoes, should we add this up real quick? Alpha Fly. Yeah. 275. Speed Goat. 155. Let's go Swiftwick Socks. 20 bucks. Aero Swift. 50. Craft Nano Weight. 30. Brighton Base Layer. I think it's 65. Let's call it 500 for a watch because we did the expensive ones. Mm-hmm. Um, jacket. Headphones, 100 bucks. Split the difference between yours and mine and call it 150 for jacket, 100 for headphones. And was that it? Sure. Let's say that's it. $1,345 to build a state-of-the-art running closet. Send the bill to Bracken Crocker uh at gmail.com on paypal or whatever it is don't give out my email address that's not even my business that's my personal <laughs> my, bad. my business email is kirk at the running public.com mm. see ya folks 
that 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 email is a black hole. So kirk.dewin at gmail.com. I'll forward you how to build Bracken. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Have a good one.